heard across the Resonate Regional Radio Network. It's my time, it's my life. I hope you will come along. This is Rural Queensland Today with Ben Dobbin. Good morning and welcome to Rural Queensland today on the 21st of April. A very good morning to everybody listening to us across the Resonate Broadcast Network through 4SB Kingaroy, 4ZR Roma, 4VL in Charleville, 4HI in Emerald, 4LM Mount Isa, 4LG Longridge, 4GC Charters Towers in the Hot Country Network. Good morning to you. Tina Stewart will join us this morning. Um, she's the grazier from Wilga Downs who had her property rezoned uh, from rural to tourism um, by the Central Highlands Council. We'll catch up with Matty Beard. We'll talk about um, this amazing Anzac initiative called Postcards to Honour and thank veterans. Um, it's just through Postcards of Honour, children are understanding just the importance of Anzac Day next Tuesday. Uh, we'll catch up with Senator Susan McDonald and so much more. South Sydney win last night, big win for the Rabbitohs, if you're a Rabbitohs supporter. The Broncos play tonight, they're looking forward to that. Reds have a bye. Uh, this is Rural Queensland today. Let's get into it across the Resonate Broadcast Network. It is a very, very important day. The 21st of April, it's Friday, uh, just ahead of the weekend, and Susan McDonald joins us next. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Let's kick off our Friday, Senator Susan McDonald. She's uh, been at the Wagyu conference um and this week has just been unbelievable um it's been a real success and senator an industry that is absolutely booming within the industry that's exactly right ben good morning to you and the reason why uh the wagyu association i think is so successful is that it's brought people from all over australia and they had a lineup of speakers that was uh second to none including professor paul wood who everybody would remember who's been so strong on uh, plant-based protein and cell-based uh, protein. Uh, Diana Rogers from the US, who's yeah. doing a lot of education. We had her on like, yesterday. We had her on oh, yesterday. Unbelievable. Well, you know she? how yeah. terrific she is, yeah. uh, as well as industry experts from right around the world talking about uh, about uh, Wagyu meat, but also about why beef is a great nutritional source. People from right around the country, and I just want to do a shout-out, if I can, then, because... Uh, Cyclone uh, uh, Ilsa went right over, over the top of Pardu Roadhouse at Pardu Station. And the owner, Bruce Chung, was there. Uh, he lost 19 centre pivots. Truck was blown hundreds of metres. I've really been uh, badly affected. But very happily, uh, he was uh, a winner for one of the categories. His beef it was bred by Peter Hughes' operation, um, but he had a Wagyu cross. Uh, animal uh, that that came up as uh, successful, and I thought that was just a little thing that hopefully may have made that week just a little bit better for those people. And that's the thing that a lot of people need to realise that that this this industry it's got some serious legs, hasn't it? Massive legs. Well, it does, and you know, at risk of getting of talking breeds because everybody feels passionately about the breed that they run. Uh, the Wagyu operations are, are saying that they are enjoying um, a whole lot of attributes that make them an easier uh, herd to run, that they're being successful, whether it be from far western Australia uh, into the Territory, central Queensland, uh, or as far south as, as Victoria. And, of course, um, in Japan, as far north as Hokkaido Island, where it gets very cold, um, in the US, uh, we heard examples in the UK. It, it was very interesting, and um, 
And I think everybody who's there, about 650 people, um, at the very least will have enjoyed catching up with friends, but it was a very interesting, stimulating conference. Um, I I hate to talk about it, but the behaviour of Senator Lydia Thorpe uh, on the weekend has been unacceptable again. We talked about her on numerous occasions with what she's been doing. It's embarrassing. Um, David Littleproud said that there needs to be a change of the Constitution so there can be some changes made, but... This is what happens when you vote for Greens, and I know that's a generalisation, but we've now seen we've got a senator that is out of control and who's doing nothing but absolutely disrespecting the whole the whole realm of politics. It, 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 it is it is a, a very very embarrassing, difficult situation now that the government find themselves in because of Lydia Thorpe. Well, it's a high bar. When you're going to stand for public office, when you're going to put yourself up to serve your community, there is an expectation, whether you like it or not, that you will uh, act to a certain standard of behaviour. And it's not good enough to say, well, that's a private life. Uh, That is, she is now a senator for Victoria and the expectations are she will provide a higher level. She's an example to young people who might be looking at, do I want to go up and serve for my country? Uh, but it is it is ridiculous. Um, she behaves nearly equally as badly in the Senate, um, and you know, just for her own self respect, she should be she should be standing down. I'm finding that this yes vote is, in a lot of ways, Senator, and this movement is really dividing a nation when we have worked tirelessly for years to try and get all on the same page. And this is just creating so much unrest and division, which is completely unnecessary. Well, Ben, that is the tragedy of this, is that Prime Minister Albanese has introduced this constitutional uh, change question in a way that has divided the nation. Be clear, this is on his head. This is not about bringing Australia together. He has gone about it in a divisive way, designed to try and uh, split the the coalition away. Um, Be very clear. I've heard some commentators talk about this being a modest proposal. I mean, that is a a patently untrue thing to say. A modest proposal would have been constitutional recognition and then would have been uh, a legislated voice, a process, but it would not have included the voice into the Constitution in this way. I think what he's done is wrong, and you are absolutely right. From communities right across Australia, within families, Within traditional owner families, within uh, every family in this country, there is now division because the government uh, has gone with such an extreme model, such a dangerous model that could see uh, the the process of government, the process of approvals, of funding uh, for projects just grind to a halt. This is truly one of the most shocking things I think we could ever see a government take to take to a referendum, uh, and it's it's incredibly disappointing that the, that leadership group, Albo and the Labor uh, Cabinet, cannot see from their inner city uh, towers, they cannot see the terrible division that they're bringing with a question that will not improve the lives of disadvantaged Aboriginal people. There's, there's a, a good understanding of that. Even the people I know who are saying, I think I'm going to vote yes, saying, well, I understand this is just about empowering 
an elite group of 24 people. This is not about uh, changing the lives on the ground. This is about empowering uh, hundreds, if not thousands, of new bureaucrats uh, who will be paid, you know, billions of dollars to run um, and advise on on the voice. But it will not change the lives of disadvantaged kids in remote communities, of elderly people who need to. Uh, see greater community empowerment, not this centralised bureaucratic process. But Ben, you're right. That is all that I'm hearing is the division, the distrust, and for Aboriginal Australians, jobs taken up, um, great careers, building their families, building businesses. They're saying this is not what we want. Stop. But no. yet we're going to have elites in the cities who are driving the yes vote. Uh, and and driving division. It is devastating. It really is. Talk to me about the re-emergence of China. Um, there's been a lot of talk about it of recent times. Has it got legs? Well, the the uh, reintroduction of uh, barley into the into trade with China uh, is a positive step for Australian farmers. I think we could be cautiously optimistic that that trade has reopened. But I would just say that one of the things we've learned in the last couple of years is that you just don't want to put all your eggs into one basket. Make sure that you're trading with a few different customers, that you're never again in the situation of having your a trade shut down overnight, as happened to the uh, painted uh, lobsters, as happened to uh, live coral trout, the wine industry, to beef with the five abattoirs that were closed down or closed out. Uh, this is this is a commercial risk management issue, and uh, and so I'm, I'm encouraged to see that barley is back on the table. But we just have to be clear that we have to be prudent in the way that we establish our trade relationships. That we have a broad range of of companies and customers who want to buy from Australian farmers and graziers who are doing an exceptional job of only one percent of the population growing food and fibre that allows everybody else. To, to go about, hold down a job, but not have to go out into their veggie gardens, not having to run a cow or a pig. 1% of the country does all the food growing for the rest of us. We should be very grateful for that. They do it to a very high standard, and we should be making sure that our regulations uh, and trade agreements are all supporting that process and not in any way hindering them. Yeah, well said. Quickly, Anzac Day next Tuesday. There's no more important day. Uh, we're going to talk with Dennis Pollard a little later about cards of honour and just what that, that means. But we are very, very uh, aware just the importance of next Tuesday. It really is, Ben. It is a day that every year I am incredibly moved and humbled uh, and grateful for the sacrifice that so many Australians have made whether it be in France and Europe in World War One, whether it be more recently in, in Vietnam and, and Afghanistan and other conflicts, we should be uh, incredibly grateful to our servicemen and women and their families who have also sacrificed so much. And I think in the US, they acknowledge their service people when they get on planes in, in queues. They have a really conscious way of making sure that they're constantly saying, Thank you. Thank you for your service. And uh, and on Tuesday morning, I'll be in Townsville. I'll be at the service there. And uh, and I'll be saying thank you again to Phil Thompson, my um, uh, my colleague, who's the member for Herbert, uh, amongst others in the, in the coalition uh, and Labor ranks who've served their country 
uh, it is it is something that I don't think we can ever be grateful enough, and we need to remember that for our veterans, for how we care for them, and how we talk about them, and how we support them. Yeah, well said. Appreciate your time. Thanks for making yourself available every Friday, Senator Susan McDonald. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Have a great weekend, Ben. See you later. Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. We're going to go to Tina Stewart. She joins us next from the Central Highlands around this rezoning. So much to get through this morning on this busy Friday, the 21st of April on Rural Queensland today. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today, Friday morning. It's the 21st of April. Tina Stewart is a grazier from Wilga Downs in the Central Highlands, and we spoke to her a little over a month ago about the Emerald... Uh, council, um, the Central Highlands Council, sending Tina and other graziers in that area around Fairburn Dam a letter about a proposed rezoning of the land where they live. Now, it was from rural to the tourism zones and we spoke to the council and no one wanted to talk to us and they ducked and weaved. Tina is joining us this morning with an update. Tina, good morning. Thank you so much for making some time for me this morning. Good morning, Ben. Thank you. Um, let's talk about it. An update on the rezoning. Um, have they had a backflip yet? No, Ben. So we we did have we did get our submission date extended to the twenty eighth of April. So anyone wanting to do a submission, please come on board. Yeah. Um, we had Ag Force come out into the community, which was really good. They just sat down, went through stuff with us. We've done up a community submission as well for people who want to sign that. Um, that should be coming out, you know, the end of this week, very early next week. So hopefully we can get that around the community so people can, can read it, what they're signing. Obviously, that's very important, but also sign it. Um, from the council point of view, we've attended a fair few meetings, sent up meetings that we probably weren't really invited to. Yeah. Um, from that, we found out that our rates do have the potential of, yes, going up, like we were saying. Um, so if the state government can see there's evidence in the market that these properties that are in the ecotourism or the tourism precinct sell for a premium price, then all of our valuations in those new precincts will go up, direct impact on our rates. Are you serious? And then to, yep, and then to top that off, then they've told us that then they may also remove our capping off our rates. So currently our rates are going up that fast. They were 15%, 21 to 22%. 22 to 23, they're going up 30%. So they're saying they take that capping off. So our rates are just going to, I don't really want to talk about it. Actually, it's just going to be financially very difficult. Why? 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 Why why are they doing this? What's the theory behind it? Can can they explain that, please? First off, they were telling us it was someone in the community. We've dug deeper. It's the state government. So the state government tells the council that they have to make changes to their planning scheme. I don't know how often, don't know those technical terms, those, you know, details, but so they have to make changes to their planning scheme so often. So this is the change that the council here, they have, don't get told what they have to change. This is the change the council here decided to do. I think they've gone, yep, let's just do this. They've done no research. First, if they told us our rates wouldn't change, we now know that will. Um, so they just chose this one and they really haven't thought about it for graziers. I mean, the other big thing is carbon. We're getting pushed to do carbon. One of the guys in the community, he has started a carbon project. Yeah. The carbon people have told him it's on the back burner until this is worked out. And if it goes through, whether he can ever do this carbon project. So that's costing him money right now because he, it's on hold. He can't do anything. We know how slow this is going to be. 
So he's not going to be able to do anything to that. So how long? I don't know because we don't know how long this will take for council to see that it's not okay and it's not a good idea. I can't get over that you've lost your legal rights. This is freehold land that you chose to to purchase. It was yours. You've paid it. You have incurred the debt. You've incurred the good, the bad, everything. And yet you have no... just getting bad. And you have no rights, none. Yeah, so with that legal right, that's where they said they're cutting the red tape. That was sort of, I think, their sales point to us. So when we've dug deeper into that, so a prime example of that is if anyone in the tourism or ecotourism precinct say, I can put on four dongers and I have to just put in, it will only be then um, code accessible, which means that my neighbours don't have to be notified no one has to be notified. It's a very small application. As currently, it's impact. And that is when we put the sign up, our neighbours could say, okay, Tina, I don't want you to do that because I use planes to spray out my crops. So really, it takes away everyone's legal rights to say that what I'm going to do is going to affect their business. They get no say. Um, as a grazier, that is really scary. We use choppers to muster. And obviously, they, they don't remain just on your place. They do it early hours in the morning to stop cattle from overheating, spraying out crops. That normally happens generally early morning due to the wind. Um, it's just, they just really haven't thought about it. And the boundary offset is only 20 metres, which is pretty much on your boundary line. Yeah, that, that, that's just garbage. That is just garbage. Um, now, AgForce, they have, they've got involved. Am I right in saying that? that, that they've actually listened to your concerns and they are involved now. Yeah, so they come and spent one day in Emerald, one day in Gindi, and it was just a drop-in session where we could go and say, okay, you know, read through the documents and they've actually done up a community submission with all the different points. Some of those ones that I've just spoken about, but, you know, it goes on our, um, our vegetation map may also be impacted. Um, so it just goes through all of them and people because we can we can do a community submission. So obviously anyone can sign that. You do not have to even own a property. You do not even have to live in the region. You could live in a no townsville and you can put in a submission and say it's good or bad. So it's not even up to us as the property owners. Submissions close 28th of April, so we've got a little over a week, but that's not good enough. That really is not good enough. That's unacceptable. Um how are you handling it from a personal perspective? Like, what kind of stress is it bringing to you on your family? And it's been really tough to get straight answers. Um, you know, a prime example is that rate one. You know, we've kept on saying it's going to affect our rates. No, it's not. No, it's not. And then myself, I rang the state valuation and was like, righto, what about if this situation happened? And they were like, yeah, your valuation is going to go up. So then you have to take that back then and you say, you know, I have rung them and this is going to happen. And then they do their own research. Oh, yeah, that is correct. So it's been, that's, it's really time consuming. Um, you know, I've had to then begin to carbon companies that if I was going to do carbon, I would go with. And they've told me, sorry, we can't help you. You'll need to get legal advice. That is just horrific. That is just horrific. Um, and it is just not, that is just not the way that this world has been built, we have to get onto the state government. They've changed the rezoning of it. And if they're doing it to you, they're going to do it in other places as well. Like, what are they planning on building out there? That's what I, what I want to know. Like, or what, 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 is, what are they deeming on 
potentially doing there? That's that's the big bit. So the big bit is that also uh, it's just open-ended, Ben, like they're saying. You could put on four cabins, and I'm saying to them, well, what's four cabins? Is that four dormitories? So that's 40 people yeah. that I could, you know, house here. They did send me one table, and it's just so open-ended, um, and it says that not exceeding four cabins per hectare. So I've sent back to them, and I've said, well, I'm on 2,525 hectares. So that is a lot of cabins. Yeah, they need to come up with something a little bit better than that. That 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 is just unacceptable. Uh, in any man's language, that is just not on. And moving forward, uh, we need to fight this to the very end because unless and uh, and, and uh, unless we get you know some answers, your rights are gone. And that's no. And if it happens to you, it happens to everybody. Uh, it's just unacceptable. Just unacceptable. So really appreciate your time this morning. Um, it's just. A, a really sad situation to be in and one that, you know, I think that is avoidable because a government knows what's going on. Uh, submissions close 28th of April. Ag Force community submissions, anyone can sign, so it doesn't have a lot of gravitas because anybody could do it. The council could do it, anybody. So we'll keep an eye on this and Tina will stay in contact. Thanks so much for being with us this morning. Thanks, Ben. Good on you. We'll take a break, come back. Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today. Uh, Next Tuesday is the 25th of April and one of the most important days, if not the most important days on our calendar, Anzac Day. Uh, We're very lucky to have the RSL Western District President, Dennis Pollard, joining us this morning on Rural Queensland today. Dennis, good morning. Thank you so much for being with us. Good morning. It's a pleasure to be here. RSL Queensland has launched a really creative and educational initiative for Anzac Day called the Postcards of Honour. Now, this is where students from all across Western Queensland will pen hundreds of postcards to honour and thank veterans for their service. What a fantastic initiative and how did you come about this one? The members in uh, our head office in Anzac House in Brisbane um, come up with the educational um, initiative. It's involving 170 schools and approximately 10,000 students across Queensland, so it's covering a fair area. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So the postcards of honour, children learn about the Anzac Day. They're encouraged to create a handwritten and illustrated postcards acknowledging current and ex-servicing Defence Force members for their service. Now, this was something that I think, you know, as you said, in excess of 170 schools, but is really being done in your neck of the woods in, in, in Western Queensland, in the Western Districts. How, how important is that, that the men and women uh, get to have this opportunity to hear thank you from the children? I think it's a great opportunity. You know, in the area that I look after and uh, – Western Queensland, it goes from Julia Creek to Cloncurry down to Stanforth in Texas, and uh, we've got 17 schools, and people out west don't get all the big um, uh, pats on the back, you might say, uh, that they do in, in the big cities, so this is really encouraging. I know my members uh, are enjoying it uh, They've already started uh, going to the schools, giving speeches, and uh, we expect a lot more to go in the next few days. 
One of the great things that I believe about Anzac Day is that our education, when the world is getting too fast and, and things are changing, that tradition hasn't changed. We really now more than ever have acknowledged the work of the men and women who have served our country, um, past and present, who have lost their lives, who have sacrificed everything. From the RSL's perspective, and, and you're the president of the Western District, do the veterans feel that now? Do, do they feel yes. the thanks? Yes, they do. And, and more importantly, we look at the children that are, have the schools doing the, like, for instance, the postcards of honour, but these students are our future. And uh, I don't wish anything bad to ever happen again, but uh, they are the ones that will carry on the tradition of Anzac Day. You know that uh, it's been going since 1915, 108 years, and 1.5 million service personnel have served our country in all conflicts, the wars and peacekeeping operations. So it's a big coverage. Once again, we really appreciate what the children are doing. We're working with a, a vast network of 230 sub-branches throughout Queensland, and we're hosting over 330 services this year for all Queenslanders to pay their respect and honour the service and the sacrifice of veterans this Anzac Day. What, what's happening in your districts? Um, what should we expect? Obviously, you know, next Tuesday is so imp- important. Um, yeah. W- what are the big things happening? Well, we have uh, 30 sub-branches in, in my part of the district, Western Districts, and uh, uh, they're holding services. And if you need to find out your closest service, simply visit that www.anzacspirit.com.au. There's a place there you can enter your postcode and all the details in your local area will appear for you. I know that we have uh, five different activities in our little town, but it's very important. We've gone from a mere group of 20 to 30 people to well into 150, which is a quarter of our population, so... I'm sure Brisbane would be happy to get quarter of their population to one activity. Oh, it's phenomenal. <laughs> Anzac Day marks the anniversary, as we all know, of the first major military yep. action fought by Australian and New Zealand forces during the First yep. World War. Every year we observe this day in honouring the legacy of the Anzacs and the men and women who are still serving our country right this moment. It is, um, yep. it is beyond a, a day of importance and this Postcards of Honour, which was created um, and has been a great initiative for students to learn about Anzac Day and encouraged to create handwritten illustrated postcards acknowledging current and ex-service Defence Force members. I could only imagine, Dennis, what it would be like to receive something like that from a young student in excess of 10,000 kids 170 student, 170 schools, 17 in your district, um, sub-district. That is just a phenomenal story and one that I think it, it, it just keeps that legacy going. Yeah, that's right. RSL Queensland really, really push for this. And I know that uh, the veterans, these cards are one-off. The children have written 
what their feelings are, and they've done a drawing to a meaningful picture of what their thoughts are. And for a veteran to have one of these cards given to them by the children is excellent. You just can't understand how exciting, I suppose, how welcome it is to get these cards. Oh, I could only imagine. It's special. It really is. Uh, Dennis Pollard, uh, RSL Western Districts President, um, I hope next Tuesday is a special to it to you and to the men and women that served in your district and and all throughout Queensland as what it is to us. Um, we are not here for the sacrifices of the men and women and what they have done. And this postcards of, um, of honour and thanks for veterans for their service is something special that we can continue to, to talk and talk about and it's great to get a snapshot from you and just how it's received. Uh, enjoy next Tuesday and thank you so much for being with us this morning on Rural Queensland Today. Thank you very much. Good and on you. And everyone, please attend Anzac Day ceremonies. Yeah. Cheers. W- well worth it. Appreciate your time. Uh, RSLW District President Dennis Pollard. We'll take a break, come back with more. This is Rural Queensland Today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Let's head to Emerald. Uh, and RBV Rural uh, owner and director Matt Beard joins us this morning. Matty, good morning. Thank you so much for being with us on this Friday morning. Morning, Dobbo. Um, obviously, uh, in excess of 1,600 there yesterday in Emerald. Let's start with that market. How was it? Look, generally that fat market, it was every bit as firm as we've had the previous weeks. And uh, and rightly so too, just that ongoing good season has had these cattle in top presentation. So some some really good quality fat cattle on offer there. Uh, unfortunately, the store market, as the trend has been across the state this week, has struggled to maintain the pace of the previous sale. Yeah, the store job, it seems – let's talk prime first. Uh, cows, that's been where everybody has been talking. How's that job been all in all? Was that strong yesterday? Yeah, it was really solid. You know, we had plenty of cows over the 270 mark to top at about $2.76. So it was, uh, it was very sharp. Uh, any of those heavy kill heifers there yesterday up to $3.33. Uh, so it was very firm as well. Uh, some, a good draft of bullocks there. Often grass country there up to $3.20. So uh, it was every bit as firm and, and maybe a shade better in places. And that's the that's the big thing, isn't it? Um, there's so much to like about what is actually happening, you know, with this job because there just isn't the prime cattle. But there will be a run of cattle coming, won't there? Oh, for sure. You know, a lot of people had a terrific season in the central part of the world and uh, there's a lot of cattle coming forth. So one thing that we will see this year compared to previous years is you you just may see those drafts of heavy feeder cattle that come out in that middle part of the year. The, the tops of those cattle are going to be definitely out, out, of, out over those weight specs because of how good the season has been. And that's the big thing. Um, the store job, though, it took a hit. Look, it did. You know, there was a lot of Brahmin influence cattle there and... Uh, and that has just been a little bit tougher than usual uh, at this stage. But, uh, yeah, the, some of the feeder cattle there we had yesterday, we were a very mixed lot of steers, but uh, the best of the heavy feeder still to see is got out the 355, uh, into the uh, wiener sort of steers, uh, just under that $4 mark. Uh, but a lot of really good quality heifers there yesterday between, you know, 275 to 340 in, that, uh, in those wiener heifers. Yeah, wiener steers. Yeah, up to uh, up to nearly four dollars there, uh, Dobbo. So yeah, a lot, but a lot of good cattle there that you could buy for 
you know, in that uh, high three range, which is uh, which is pretty pretty darn good value. Yeah, that, that that really is. The feeder job's been strong as well. How was it? Yeah, look, it wasn't too bad there. We had those heavy feeder steers upwards to three fifty five. Uh, the heifers there were sort of really battling to sort of be over over that three sort of twenty mark was about the top end of those heavy feeder heifers. And that's obviously um, what everybody you know, like when you look at when you look at. Um, I, I suppose in a lot of ways where this job is, you got away with it. Well, I, I think we have, you know, and uh, it's just probably, uh, it, it's a hard comparison to have a look at what these cattle were worth 12 months ago, but uh, but that's, that's the way markets go. Yeah, it certainly does. Um, obviously, with a lot going on um, at this moment in the central, uh, we, we wait and see. There, there's still a lot of cattle to come, though, isn't there? There is going to be a run because of the season you've had. Oh, for sure, you know, and even we just look at numbers that we've seen go through sale yards and and, uh, and even through our hands there in the last uh, since since Christmas there, it's been a, a fairly quiet start to the year. So I think, and people rightly so, they've got a big season, so they've got options, you know, whether when and when they'd like to sell their cattle. Um, it, it's a really, really um, different time at the moment, and and there is a lot of uncertainty. Property wise, though, you've had some real success. Yeah, we've had a good result there with Ride In recently at uh, at auction at uh, seventeen thousand acres there between Rubyvale and Clermont at uh, at fourteen million dollars for a breed property. So that was a terrific result, and uh, and we've got some really good feature properties coming up as well. There's a uh, Fletcher's All between Clermont and Moranbar there from the Perry family. It goes it goes under the hammer in the twenty sixth of May, uh, and uh, and also got a fantastic bullock paddock there north of Clermont, a landy, uh, ten thousand acres, wall to wall buffle. And it'll go for auction on uh, in early June. Yeah, a really special um, and amazing uh, situation, isn't it? Like all, like everything, you you, you look at the, the market and you, you're surprised just how well it's doing, considering what's going on. Um, it, it, it is still very, very dear. They're not making any more country, mate. Um, obviously, Emerald uh, Auction Centre as well. Um, you've just had another auction centre, but there still is there's continuing. Um, demand for for gear not like the edge is off it a little bit but it's still very strong oh absolutely you know uh, I, I suppose in the in the COVID times there you'd see you know second-hand machinery well exceeding people's expectations and uh, and really blowing your mind as price-wise goes but I think the edges have slightly come off it but um, you know we've got another auction starting on the 17th of June again uh, you know that last one in before the end of the financial year and we've already got some Fantastic lineup of gear coming our way. Yeah, it's a really special, um, and and I suppose you know it, it, it's one of those things that no one ever thought that you'd have, mate. And it's become very, very strong as well. Uh, appreciate your time this morning, mate. We'll catch up with you next week. Thanks so much for being with us this morning. Thanks, Robo. Good on you. We'll take a break. Come back, rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. It is Friday morning, the twenty first of April. Well, that's it from us here this morning at Rural Queensland today on this Resonate Broadcast Network. Hope you've enjoyed the show. We're back on Monday morning. The best of is on tomorrow morning. Um, Have a great weekend. And we will be back at Monday, 9am. Ray Hadley joins you next. And you can go to Spotify to catch up on any of our previous episodes. Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Have a great weekend. And when the weed is ripe, keep the headers rolling in the paddock. We will be back next week. See you later. Have a great weekend, Queensland.